Welcome to the Mar Experience Stories of Recovery. I'm Matt Shebb. With hundreds of beer cans strewn around his apartment, Brian was in the middle of carrying out his plan to drink himself to death. This was about three years ago. His family managed to get him detoxed and into Mar. And once he got there, he learned for the first time that underneath his easygoing exterior, he was angrier than he had ever imagined. He began learning the skills to live a peaceful and happy life, and everything seemed to be working out better than he could have planned. He then received a diagnosis of stage 4 cancer. He says that the Mar community has remained with him through his cancer treatment process, treating him like family, and that today, despite still undergoing chemo, he is happier and more at peace than he has ever been. So tell tell us a little bit about what was going on when you got to Mar. What were the circumstances? I had, frankly, been trying to drink myself to death. Uh, fortunately, I called my brother, and he was, you know, they they were fed up with me. They didn't want anything to do with me anymore, my family, anybody, really. I was totally alone, drinking myself to death in an apartment, hundreds of beer cans strewn everywhere, vodka bottles, you know, it's pretty typical for someone that, that is at the end of their cycle. Um, so he took me to the hospital and normally detoxes a couple of days and I was in the hospital for like 12 days. Mm. So I was getting close to succeeding at my plan. Um, once I got out of the hospital, I went to a little rehab place below the airport. I was there for 10 days, but I knew I needed, needed long-term help and got in contact with Mara through a few suggestions from people. And lo and behold, I, they accepted me. I was out on the sidewalk smoking a cigarette, and this gentleman came to pick me up and take me to Mara. And I said, you mind if I finish the cigarette? He said, no, 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 no. Tell me a little about yourself. So I told him a little about myself and this man that I don't know. Um, I'm assuming he's a driver or, you know, some employee that was sent to pick me up. And he says, you're angry. I'm like, what? I'm not angry. He said, you're angry. You are really angry. And I was like, okay, whatever, dude. And as we drove back to Mar, I finally was like, so what, what is your position? What do you do? And he, I'm Doug Brush. I'm the director of Mar. And I'm like, holy cow, what's going on here? <laughs> what an introduction to treatment. It was an introduction. <laughs> Thrown right into the deep end. He usually tells people that you're the angriest man in the room once you get to Mar. But I hadn't even gotten in his car, and he said I was angry. <laughs> <laughs> so you must have you must have been really radiating that anger. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I always thought I was an easygoing fellow, but right. apparently, and it was true. I was very angry. And had you been to treatment before? Or anything? I had. Yes. Okay. Um, how many times? Uh, um, Mar is the third time. There okay. was there was one. Inpatient, where, frankly, it was more like a jail, but I'm not going to talk about that. Mm -hmm. um, but I was sober for a year, but I was drinking two weeks after I got out. Mm -hmm. I went to an outpatient um, for 30 days at one point, um, and then Mar. That's such a great story, uh, experience with Doug in the car. Then what happens once you actually get here? And you had been sober for a little 
a few days. So, so I had uh, at, 22, okay. 23 days sober. So at the that fog, point. fog had kind of started to lift somewhat. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. So then, so then what? I thought I was in better shape than they thought I was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what, what was it like once you got here? I wanted to work on myself. I, I really knew that I was in trouble, even though I didn't really believe it yet. I thought it was just going to be another sort of treatment. Um, but then going to feeling school for a while, my whole attitude changed. You might say I had a breakthrough. One time, I, f- I forget what we were talking about, but uh, um, as soon as it was over, I kind of went out back and hid with tears in my eyes and pretty much in my mind buried in a grave my old self and said, that's done. You can't go back. This is a new life, and we're starting it now. And at that point, I really, I've taken every class that's been offered. I've done everything that has been asked of me. Um, I poured myself into it at that point, And frankly, I've never been happier. Did you start to feel a shift then, like kind of immediately once you kind of made, once that switch went off? You know, it was a, it was a moment. I don't know if everything switched at that point. I think it took a little bit longer. Um, But at about a a year and a, let's say a half, I found a peace and serenity that I've never known. It's very hard in the beginning. Mm -hmm. It's really tough. Um, You do have to put a lot of footwork in. Um, You have to follow the rules, which you don't like. Um, it teaches you responsibility and, you know, we're not responsible people. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, when did you start to see what Doug was saying that there might be being angry? Yeah. Was there, when did did that start? Just, just in feeling school, I started to realize it. I think it really came out when I took thinking about your thinking with Dave Devitt And I kind of realized what a victim I had been all my life, you know, in my own head. I wasn't really, of course. Um, And family issues, this and that. I finally finally had a chance to realize how I had been affected by all these things. And still, it was my choice to do what I did. I wasn't forced to. Um, People have issues. It's just my disease had hold of me and uh, I'd never really looked at it before and um, realized, you know, instances and things throughout my life that made me feel like a victim, made me feel abandoned. And once I could address that and, you know, further along in the program, making amends with people, and in my heart, forgiving them because they're just normal people doing the best they could, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't know that. Um, I'd felt abandoned my whole life, really. 
from very young age. I was born alcoholic thinking, and as soon as I had a drink, the mental obsession went off. Mm -hmm. So now when you look back and you kind of can see your past through this new lens, how did that anger manifest itself? What was Doug picking up on, I guess, is the question. He probably saw the easygoing laughing guy that is in the middle of just out of the hospital, 10 days of treatment, going to another treatment place. And he probably was thinking, wow, he's putting on a big show for us. How could you not be angry at all these things that have gone on? And I was. Mm -hmm. I just didn't know it. Um, the biggest key to all this is being honest and not hiding things because if you keep secrets, you'll get sick again. Um, and it's just a new... The attitude I pick up on is I've learned to live for absolutely one day at a time. The past is over and done with. And today I can help people, which I'd never really done. I was totally selfish. It can be opening a door for somebody it can be helping another alcoholic. It can be just looking for the joy that is in the world around you that you never noticed before. So I try to live that each day. And there's reasons that I've gotten that far also. When, what are those? I was diagnosed with cancer in April of 17. Mm. I've been through radiation, chemo, operations, um, they thought I was going to die in December. I didn't. That's so about a year ago. Sort of a long story. But, uh, you know, if I didn't have the Mar who said, don't worry about anything, your family, we're going to take care of you. And the program of AA, which teaches you a new way to live, if I didn't have those things at that time when I was diagnosed with stage four cancer, you would have found me in the woods with the bottle next to me dead. I mean, seriously, that's what would have happened. So really, Mar and the program have saved my life twice. And what was your relationship with Mar at that point when the diagnosis came in? Were you in three quarters or were you done? I was in three quarters. Um, I'd been here a year and a half, basically. Um, I, I had a good job. I was excelling. Everything was going great. I was even thinking maybe it's time to move out with some of the guys into an apartment. I mean, all that was squashed. I mean, I had terrible, terrible news. But uh, I accepted it, and I moved on and did what was necessary. Wow. And... And, and I'm serious. Mar has truly saved my life twice. And I'll never be. I'm so grateful. Um, and it's kind of crazy, but kind of wonderful. And you said that they, they said uh, your family and, you know, you're, we're here for you. How did that look? Once you, because you're at that point, you're pretty much ready to leave Mar. You're finishing up, ready. Yeah. To, so, yeah. so what, what, how was that look since then? 
Um, you know, that was a big turning point to finally accept that there was a lot of people that loved me and cared about me, which I never felt before. Um, and that's huge. Huge. They keep trying to convince me that that I'm loved and so forth. And, you know, I, I still don't want to accept it totally, but I'm, I'm pretty, pretty good ways there. What, what is that about? Why, what it's, what's in us that we don't want to believe that sometimes? We don't think we're worthy of it. Yeah. We have a tendency to be very hard on ourselves when drinking, all kinds of negativity. And then we'll slide to the other scale when we're on the influence and think we're the greatest person that's ever walked the face of the earth. And I can do anything and I'm great. We just never know any middle ground except hatred for ourselves or this pumped up strange attitude that we get when we are under the influence. And middle ground is a lot better. <laughs> it's okay to have feelings. It's okay to share them. Um, yeah, it makes a huge difference in lifting the, you know, once I carried the weight of the world on my shoulders, that's way too much. My mind racing and just out of control. But carrying the weight of the world on your shoulders will just, you can't do that. You can't do that. You have to find a middle ground and do what you can in the day you're in. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's made a big difference. So do you, in that transition from when you got here to starting to kind of believe and accept that you're accepted and loved and it's okay to have feelings, how was how would you kind of describe your relationship with the community that you're living with at MAR? What's had, going on there? I, I had a good relationship with my community. Um, I still have guys that I lived with and halfway come over for coffee on Tuesday afternoons and we just shoot the bull. Um, it's great. There's seven people that I've known for three years since I entered Mar. And we're still really good friends and talk to each other all the time. And the community just continues. Mm -hmm. It's just a huge community that builds and builds and builds. It's kind of no end to it. There is no end to it. Absolutely not. Do you? And do that's what we need. We need people in our lives. We don't need to be alone. Uh, alcoholic specifically or... Everybody, but yeah. alcoholic specifically. <laughs> <laughs> we get in real trouble when we're alone. Mm -hmm. So uh, do you remember any particular moments with the counseling staff where you something kind of shifted? You know, yes. Um, I had to stand up to somebody in uh, halfway when I was fairly new. And that was a really foreign thing for me to do. I just listen to the boss, never give any kind of feedback or say anything was wrong or ask for a raise. I just didn't do that stuff. 
I have fear of authority from way back. Um, and then in my newest job, with the help of the program, with the help of counselors, you know, I, I went and asked for a raise and didn't see activity on it. And I stood up for myself and pled my case and went to HR. And all of a sudden it got done in two days. And I was like, wow, I didn't hurt anybody's feelings. I didn't yell. I didn't do anything wrong. And look what happened. And then I started losing my fear of authority. And instead of the counselors being like teachers, you know, respect the teacher, all of a sudden I became friends and on an equal level with them. And we just started talking normally, or, or they were talking normally all along. Right. But I finally got to that point where okay, this is not my boss. This is not a person that's out to get me. You know, all those stupid, stupid thoughts that I used to have. And when we became on an equal level, we became friends. Um, I go out to lunch with them sometimes. Yeah, it just made the communication and talking about things and realizing that they're people too. Again, everybody's people. And we just need to talk to each other. And, you know, I help them, they help me. But it's on an equal footing, which is something I never really experienced. So this will be your third holiday season since you've been? Yes. So do you remember holidays before Mar? And any, any stories come to mind of what that was like versus what it's like now? I was always good about getting sober for the holidays and I could make my way through them. But as soon as I left, um, I, oh, here's a story. I, you know, Christmas Day, um, all the family was leaving the next day, so I was back to being free. I left my brother's house, went to a bar that was open, got really drunk and kicked out of the bar because I became obnoxious. <laughs> and I walked home. <laughs> that was how you spent Christmas. That was how I spent Christmas. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'd had the dinner and stuff with the family mm -hmm. earlier, but then I immediately went out to um, be anywhere but where I was. And the use of alcohol at that time was the way that I escaped everything. I liked how you said that, be anywhere than where I was. Just anywhere. Anywhere. Else. Calgon, take me away. <laughs> <laughs> so what have your holidays been like since being at Mar? The next Christmas, I was in three quarters, and I was able to go home and spend Christmas with the family, and it was very good. I had already made amends at that time, and um, yeah, it was back to good family life. And I have a great relationship with my brother, and my parents live here, and we're doing fine. They're coming to the banquet with me. <laughs> I, I, I like the, I love the contrast in the stories, though, be, between holidays and active alcoholism, just wanting, or it's like getting away from the family. As soon as we can get through those three days or whatever it is, Absolutely. Pick up a cigarette, pick up a drink, pick up a joint, whatever. Versus that following year wanting to, 
wanting to be there, wanting to participate. Versus really enjoying it and wishing people could stay longer, even. That's a total... I, I can't think of a more complete change in perspective than that and how, you, how a person relates to the world. It, it really is. It really is. And as I said before, I'm happier than I've ever been, really. I sleep well at night. Um, I have a peace and serenity that I've never known. Wow. That's, I mean, that's saying something coming from a man with the machine plugged into him, plugged into him, but pumping chemo through his body, poisoning him. <laughs> we have today. That's all I know. Wow. I don't want to sound like a guru or anything like that. I'm not. I have plenty of faults. I still swear too much. Um, I judge people sometimes. Shouldn't do that at all. Um, but being aware of your old ugly habits can mend them or at least lessen them to agree and you realize that what you're doing is is not really spiritual. It's not helping anybody. So you need to cut that out and just do good things while you can. What would you say to somebody who is thinking about coming to Mar but is resisting or doesn't think this this could really help it i would tell them the other places that i tried and that how different mar is and mar is truly different um you know all these places well there are a lot of places out there that just want to get you dry and they let you go and that will never solve the problem because my problem was never drinking. It is how I think and feel inside that was never looked at, cured, tended to, um, not blaming anybody. Um, I didn't tend to them myself um, because I was, you know, I was not in a position to realize anything I was drinking. Um, but Mar addresses those issues and can get one to open up and, and just understand that life can be different. And it really does work. And that's what I try to tell them. Just my experiences of how things didn't work and how I would relapse and how ugly it really can get. Um, you know, it's possible that my drinking and stuff contributed to the cancer. I've been told no, but one never knows. One never knows. Um, and I just have, you know, we get a lot of young people in here, and it's really tough for them. Um, you know, I, I was, I'm an old man. <laughs> <laughs> but those guys have it rough. It's not easy at that age. Um being really young and I try to do my best when they want to talk to me about something to try to help the guys that are already here too because it's a tough road um okay so this is the last question I always ask to people 
what if you could pass on one thing to people that are listening um what would it be that you i mean one thing that you've learned from your experience over the past three years three years to the day <laughs> almost <laughs> almost i think i'm not sure which day it is yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's close um well One discovers with time how prevalent this issue is. Almost every single person out there has somebody they know, somebody in their family that has a problem, and it is becoming rampant. And I would tell them that Mar, that you know, you can get advice by calling Mar. You can figure out a way maybe to have somebody talk to them and get them in a program somewhere, anywhere. But the, um, it's awful hard to tell people that they need help if they don't want to hear about it. But I believe Mar is a place that can talk to the people that are concerned and tell them the truth about how difficult it is to get people into these places and maybe an avenue of how to do it. And for those people that are seeking help and want help, I would tell them this is an absolutely wonderful place. It's not about stopping drinking. It's about starting a new life. A better life. For me, anyway. <laughs> That's perfect. All right. Well, thanks so much, Brian. I really appreciate you, you coming and doing this on a hectic day for you, too. And it was my pleasure. Absolutely. Enjoyed talking to you. Uh, all right. Likewise. Thanks for listening to the Mar Experience Stories of Recovery. I'm Matt Shedd. Our show is co-produced by Angela Edmonds and our executive producer is David Tate. If you'd like more information about our program, you can visit marinc.org. That's M-A-R-R-I-N-C.org. And you can also email us at podcast at marinc.org. On our website, we also have a lot of videos, articles, and webinars educating about the disease of addiction. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next time.